Hello, everybody, and welcome to First and Goal, the hardest hitting up and coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. It is Tuesday, September the 6th in the year 2022. And guys, we were just talking to you last night, but here we are again. We got more football to break down after a wonderful weekend. Going to be breaking down the Georgia Tech Clemson game. Going to be looking forward to some games this upcoming weekend where we think our games of the day will be at certain times and throw a few score predictions out there. But as always, before we get into this thing, let me, let me introduce to you my co-host, the one, the only, Big Rob. How's it going, man? What's going on, everybody? It is another great day in the neighborhood. Today is Tuesday, and I tell you, we're just another day closer to some college football. Saturday. Yes, sir. Getting closer all the time, man. It's a never-ending cycle now. Yes, sir. From now till after New Year's. Yep. We're going to have football on every single weekend. Yes, sir. And I am going to thoroughly enjoy every single bit of it. Every second. But, hey, man, let's not beat around the bush on a whole lot of this crap. Uh, We know it's a weeknight. Everybody's got to work. Hell, a lot of us got to get sleep. Let's jump on into this Clemson-Georgia Tech game, man. Let's let's jump in there talk a little bit of this Clemson team, man. For the most part, I really feel like Clemson was what we expected this year. I don't see really much of a surprise from them, except for the offense, man. I was really worried about how this offense would be when it comes to, you know, a new offensive coordinator. What do you think? Yeah, I was, I was a little worried about it. I'm not going to lie, I was worried about them. Replacing the OC and a DC because yeah. I remember Brent Lindenwolves. He's with Oklahoma now, so they lost both. But it started off a little shaky there in the first half. Things looking a little slow. Clemson's moving the ball and had a stupid turnover. I still personally think DJ Uliola was down before that ball came out on that play. But uh, <laughs> all in all, man, it was a slow start. I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, Georgia Tech's really gonna make a game out of this. This is. This is exciting. Maybe Georgia Tech can finally seal the deal. <laughs> and then the second half happened, and boy, that went to hell in a handbasket. Quick, fast, and in a hurry, man. I'm telling you. I know at halftime, I was watching the game, and I was like, man, this is going to be a nail-biter all the way to the end. Then all of a sudden, another score, and then another score, and then another score. And I'm like, holy crap, man. Where did this come from? What about the specials teams play going on in the state of South Carolina? <laughs> Man. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're playing in Georgia, but you got Clemson, the team from upstate South Carolina, had a block punt, nearly took it back for a touchdown. Didn't quite get there, mm-hmm. unlike Carolina, who did it twice. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but uh, great special teams play coming out of both those colleges this weekend. I mean, let's be honest here. This has been a weekend of special teams, either – Either rock stars for special teams or dunces on special teams, man. It's it's really been a story of special teams this year or this season so far. Yeah, I mean, hell, look at Eastern Carolina. Lost mm-hmm. a game by extra point. Yep. Got to hate that. Yep. But, uh, and LSU, two muffs. Yes. Two muffs and also, once again, an extra point getting blocked. Yep. So, special teams has been a big factor in football this week. But I got to tell you, man. This Clemson team, I expect them to be good, but I honestly thought they were a little overrated at number four. 
I could have seen them being a top 15 team. I figured they'd been like a number 11 or number 12, but I got to be honest, they look really good, man. I mean, that defense, without a doubt, even without Brent Venables being there anymore, mm-hmm. is easily a top 10, if not a top five defense oh, in the nation. Wholeheartedly agree with you, man. I mean, that's it's still top, top tier. Like, you know, the defensive line was great. You know, it. Penetration was good when they had to get there, but the main thing is they contained a quarterback who could run the ball. Absolutely. That same thing I was telling you earlier, man, is this defense almost to me looks better this year than it has last year and maybe even the year before just simply because they might not have gotten after the quarterback quite the way some of the other defenses have in the past. Mm -hmm. But – they were able to contain instead of being over aggressive and pursuing upfield and giving that quarterback room to scramble and make plays happen. They contained the edge. They didn't go too far upfield. They kept that outside shoulder, outside hand free, mm-hmm. and it just it kept the quarterback in the backfield. And that's when they said, "Okay, you have to beat us with your arm." Mm-hmm. Well, we seen how that went on the opening play of the game. Right. He went deep and Clemson picked it off. I mean, secondary play great. The linebacking core. Look fantastic to me. I mean, so playing the sideline, the sideline. Don't get me wrong. This is the first game of the year. But so far, just on film, this might be the best secondary Clemson's had in three or four years. I'd have to agree with that. I would really have to agree with that, honestly. And, I mean, like I said, the linebackers, they played sideline, the sideline, flew to the ball. The defensive line contained, did an incredible job. I mean, they didn't let nothing come up the middle for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, this time around, with with the last regime, you saw a lot of blitzes when it comes to your linebackers. They used linebackers and blitz packages and whatnot. This time, they let the offensive line do their job. Defensive ends kept you know everything inside, and they let the linebackers just kind of you know stay out there and make plays rather than just pinning their ears back and coming into the quarterback. No, no doubt about it, man. I mean, like I said, it really, really looked really well. It really surprised me. Well, not so much surprised me that they played well. It surprised me the difference in yeah. how they played well. But what really did surprise me was the Clemson offense. I mean, it started off kind of slow, but – I mean, man, once they started moving, there was no slowing down. DJ Uli on the way, I got to give him credit. Showed a good bit of improvement from last year as far as accuracy and other things go. He still has a little bit of an issue with consistency. I think not near as bad as last year, but still has a little bit of an issue with that, and he's still a little bit too risky. Yeah, just a little bit. But his confidence looked to be way better. Than last year, confidence is definitely taking a step up. He moved around a lot better. I think they say he lost like close to thirty pounds. There's like thirty two, if I'm not mistaken. But he moved around really well in the pocket. I mean, he had a nice scramble for a touchdown. Kept drives alive with his feet. Helped create time for receivers. So that was really impressive for me, mm-hmm. without a doubt. But the only bad side of that for him, I feel for him, is he's made all these improvements, but. I feel like he does not have much room at all for error this year whatsoever. Because, I mean, you got that rookie in there, Cade Klubnick, and he looks damn good. Yes, yes, he does. 
It looks like he's going to be the next coming of uh, Sunshine. Yeah, and then when you got five minutes left in the game, the game's already in the bag, and then you see Clubman come in, you hear the whole stadium in Georgia. <laughs> at that, not in Clemson, but in Georgia, you hear the whole stadium go bananas like that. That's not a good sign. No. That's no, not at all. That's not something you want to hear, man. No, not at all, man. I mean, Klubnik, you know, like I said, next season, depending on how young Lay does, I mean, I think you've got your quarterback of the future in Klubnik. But oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. What the hell is that coming by? Oh, hi, boy, Sprayer. <laughs> Sprayer going down the road. My apologies, it got loud there for a second. Klubnik is the future right now. The to me, Uyungle is still the present until he proves he can't be. That that all sounds good and well. But see, I believe in this thing called deja vu. And <laughs> I feel like we have been down this road before. And you hear the way Davo talks about him. You hear the way he talks about him and how he looks like Deshaun Watson and just making all these strides. Looks like such an incredible athlete. But you can say all day long, DJ Uliola is my guy. But, hell, I remember just a couple years ago where y'all had that quarterback. Uh, was it Brian Kelly? Kelly Brian? So. I can't remember what the hell his name was. Kelly. Something along those lines. Kelly something. Ended up transferring to Missouri. But uh, he started the year off real good, and Trevor Lawrence was riding the bench. Mm-hmm. And all you heard was we're going to let Trevor sit. This is our starter. He's our guy. He looks great. He's done a great job all year. He's earned the spot. And the first moment of trouble, a little injury happened. Trevor Lawrence came in, and that spot never went back. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, and something like that can still happen. I mean, injuries do happen, but. Kelly Bryant. There you go. There you go. I believe you're right there. Good memory, sir. Good memory. But, yeah, I mean, anything can happen any given day. And if there is a few games that are back-to-back that, you know, aren't question or, you know, it's a little too close for comfort, they could go to club Nick. I mean, you just never really can tell. Um, but I think at this spot is we don't believe to lose. Yeah, I, I would have to. I have to say it's his to lose at the moment. Like I said, there's just there's going to be a very short leash. There's not much room for error. He cannot have games like he had last year. No, absolutely not. But all in all, either way, you still got to be very excited. Another bright spot from Clemson is last year you had your running back, Will Shipley, who really came on really strong towards the end of the season last year. And I know a lot of people are very curious if he's going to be able to carry, be able to carry that over into 2022. And I got to tell you, man, he looks like every bit of a top 10, top 12 in the nation running back out there. Absolutely. I have to agree with you. I would definitely say a top 10 running back in the nation, man. I mean, he he, he runs explosive. He runs downhill. And he's very decisive on when to take a cut. He, he doesn't dance like you see a lot of these running backs these days. He picks a hole and he goes for it. I was about to say, I mean, he's very shifty, if you will. He makes a cut. 
but he doesn't sit there and juke and move his feet around. I mean, once he makes a cut, that's it. He's committed, and he's gone 100%, 100% balls to the walls. Yes, sir. Going through there, and I mean, he's a very tough guy to bring down, but he's also a big threat in the receiving in the receiving game also. So. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, those wheel rats that they were running with him yesterday, I mean, those were things of beauty. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – there's a lot of things to be. If you're a Clemson fan, there's a lot of things to be excited about. If you're not a Clemson fan, there's a lot of things to be scared about. There really is. There really is. But um, on top of all that, now we talk about Clemson. You can't help but also discuss the opponent. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot of takeaways from Georgia Tech. To be honest, I mean, they never played a great team. Mm-hmm. Could Clemson be just that good? I think they can. Yeah. Could Georgia Tech just be that bad? I, they may, they very well could. The biggest thing that bothers me about this game, though, from a Georgia Tech standpoint, is the last two years have been extremely disappointing. Mm-hmm. It's been very close ball games, and the question was, what are we going to do to seal the deal in these games? Mm-hmm. We got to play four quarters of football. We can't play two. We can't play three. We got to play four quarters. And in this game, they did a really good job. First quarter, second quarter, hell, halfway through the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like they threw their hands in there and quit. Yep. I mean, it, they just, once they got blown up, about halfway through the third quarter, Clemson started moving the ball a little bit. It's just like Georgia, Georgia Tech checked out. And I mean, it's the same old song and dance from the last couple of years, but the only bad thing is, the last couple of years, even against very tough opponents like Clemson, you was able to keep these games competitive and close. You got blown out in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This was a tale of one quarter. If you want to be honest about it, I mean, yes, Clemson scored first quarter. They scored in the second quarter. But then Tech scored in the second quarter. So, I mean, it's you're competitive the first half. Coming out of halftime, it was a damn – Coming out of halftime, I think it was a 14-3 lead. They scored again in the third quarter, made it Mm 14-10. And then you end up losing 41-10. Yep. Didn't see the end. In about a quarter and a half. Didn't see the end zone again. No, and I mean, I just, I hate this because there's so much potential there. There's so many things you were like, oh, man, if only they did this. Right. What if they did that? What if this happened? But I gotta be honest with you, man. I think head coach Jeff Collins. I think he's running out of time, and unless there is a very big turnaround in the coming weeks, I think that seat's getting very, very hot. Because I don't think any any program likes going down forty-one to ten in your season opener on your home field. Oh, absolutely not, man. Especially the year before, I believe the final score was like 14 to 8, 14 to 9, something along those lines. I know it was like a six point last, difference. Last year was a very close game. Yeah. Last year it was a very close game with Clemson. You almost come out the victor in that game. And then to lose it this bad, this very next season, very first game. And your biggest call last season was how close you kept the game with Clemson. I mean,. Yeah, just it's not what you want to see at all. It really isn't. 
But with that being said, that was yesterday. Now we got to look forward to what's coming. Yes, sir. So why don't we roll off? I'm going to let you roll off this weekend's ACC football schedule. All right. Let's talk a little bit about that. <coughs> I'll let you roll through the ACC, and then we'll do the SC, and then we'll go back and go through our picks. All right. Sounds good. So in the ACC, Friday night uh, football, you're going to have Louisville at UCF at 7.30 on ESPN2. And then on Saturday at 12 o'clock noon, you have Duke versus Northwestern at Northwestern. That's going to be on Fox Sports 1. North Carolina at Georgia State, 12 o'clock noon on ESPNU. Uh, looks like um, Southern Miss at Miami at 12 o'clock p.m. on the ACC Network. Wake Forest at Vanderbilt, also a 12 o'clock noon game. Uh, it, that's going to also be on the SEC Network. Charleston Southern at North Carolina State, 1230. That's going to be ESPN3. Furman at Clemson at 3.30, ACC Network. Tennessee at Pitt, 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Virginia at Illinois, 4 o'clock p.m., ESPNU. Syracuse at UConn, 7 p.m., CBS. CBS SN. Uh, Western Carolina at Georgia Tech, 7 p.m., ESPN+. Plus. And Boston College at Virginia Tech. And that is going to be on the ACC Network at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, sir. Got got a few good ones this coming weekend in ACC. You want to go over the SEC schedule? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll roll through them for you. All right. Saturday, September 10th. We're going to start it off 12 o'clock p.m. ESPN. We got South Carolina traveling over to Arkansas to take on the Razorbacks. Then we got number one Alabama playing at Texas, also at 12 o'clock on Fox. Missouri's playing at Kansas State, another 12 o'clock p.m. game, ESPN2. Number 22, Wake Forest taking on Vanderbilt in Tennessee, another noon game, SEC Network. Then 3.30 p.m., we got Appalachian State going over to College Station to take on Texas A&M Aggies. That's going to be on ESPN2. Got Tennessee taking on Pitt at Pitt, 3.30 p.m. on PM on ABC, like Rob told you a minute ago. Got Samford traveling to number three, Georgia, 4 o'clock p.m., SCC Network. Wow, what a challenge. <laughs> then, getting into our night game, 7 o'clock p.m., we got number 20 in the nation, Kentucky, going to the swamp. Gainesville, Florida, take on the Gators on ESPN. Got Central Arkansas at number 21, Ole Miss, 7 o'clock p.m. also on SEC Network and ESPN+. You also got Southern. That's it, Southern. <laughs> Taking on LSU in Death Valley, 7.30 p.m. on SEC Network. San Jose State going to Auburn, 7.30 p.m. on ESPNU. And then close it out in the night, we got Mississippi State taking on Arizona at Arizona at 11 o'clock p.m. on Fox Sports 1. We in for some good football this week. We are. We are. Some very, very big games on this week, man. Absolutely. And that's uh, like I told you all earlier on, me and Rob both went through. We didn't tell each other which games we picked. 
But we picked out three games from each division. Technically, the ACC, you got four because you got one game on Friday night. But then we both picked three Saturday games from both ACC and SEC that we personally think will be the game to watch. And we also threw out a little score prediction for for it and our reason why. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. I don't know, but I'm just excited to watch these football games this weekend. I'm excited to see what you've got, what what you think is the football game of the week, and see how much uh, what we've got in common here. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, man. You want me to go first or you want to go first? Fire away, man. Fire away. Do the ACC first. ACC first. Of course, Friday night you have to go with Louisville and UCF. I'm wondering exactly what's going to happen with Louisville. If they're as bad as the what they looked like last week, or if it was just Syracuse was that good. But I've got Louisville winning this game in a close battle, 34-31. Damn, we actually had a pretty good close score there. I also said Friday night, Louisville Central Florida, ESPN 2, 7.30 p.m. I got Louisville winning this game, 38-31. Over Central Florida, I think Gus Malzahn and the Golden Knights, I think they're going to put up a hell of a fight. But I think Louisville's going to come in there with a hellacious chip on their shoulder after getting embarrassed week one from Syracuse. But I still think it's going to be an ugly game. I think you're going to see some mistakes. And you're going to see a lot of penalties. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly there. The thing about Gus Malzahn, you have to remember, man, you just can't – Rule him out of anything, man. I mean, he is one heck of a ball coach. And he knows how to keep his team in games. I just don't know. I just don't know that he can hold his own with Louisville in this game with the chip that is on their shoulder and how embarrassed they were. You know, especially with, you know, these guys just want to prove that they ain't as bad as what they look like. That's very true, man. That's very true. What up, you got next? Up next, my next game of the week. Duke at Northwestern. I like both teams here. Duke, I mean, you've heard us talk about Duke for the last couple days, man. I love Duke's defense. I like what they stand for. I like the physicality. But Northwestern, man, the quarterback they got from originally from South Carolina, he's a game. He, he's a gamer. And I do like the running game as well. I think this will be a pretty good game as well. I think Duke wins this one 17-14. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, once again, man, we got pretty similar scores there. I also think Duke's going to come away with the win in this one. I think it's going to be a very close game. Like I said, Northwestern, you got Ryan Holinsky and those guys. They did a great job against Nebraska in week zero. Um, got a lot of momentum. But Duke, coming off that win last week against Temple, yeah, guys, it is Temple. But the mindset of Duke, the hunger they play with, everything else, and the biggest thing is the grind. They have embraced the grind. As Mike Elko's phrase, he has thrown out there, it's all over the football field if you look on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And I think Mike Elko's defense is going to be a it's going to be a struggle for Ryan Holinsky. It's going to put some pressure on him. It's not going to let a whole lot of plays outside, but that secondary is going to play pretty tight. Get a little pressure on that pro-style quarterback. 
It's going to be a grinded out type game. Duke's running game is going to look good. Their quarterback's going to make throws when it counts. I got them taking it 24 17. Good call there. Good call there. Very close to scores. Um, I agree. I mean, Mike Elko is a heck of a ball coach. <clears throat> Grind is a real thing there. And, I mean, just, just his mentality, I think, is going to cause Duke to win some games that they probably shouldn't have. I got to agree. Up next, let's move on. I've got the next game that we need to watch is also a 12 o'clock game, game the Wake Forest Vanderbilt game. This game, ACC versus SEC. Vanderbilt's crowing right now because they're 2-0. and And Wake Forest has a lot of unproven. I mean, they did win the last game, and they won it pretty handily. But I like Wake Forest here. I can't help it. I think this is Vanderbilt's time. I think they're going to you, go down. You, you like Wake Forest. You like Vanderbilt. I like Wake Forest to win the game. Okay, you're saying it's <laughs> Vanderbilt's time, so you had me. No, it's Vanderbilt's time to lose is what I was saying. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I like Wake Forest to win this one, 31-27. Okay, okay. I didn't do a score on that one. My uh, next game to watch, my big game of the afternoon in the ACC at 3.30 p.m. is going to be Tennessee at Pittsburgh on ABC. And the simple fact is this is going to be a revenge game. It came down to the wire last year. It was a hell of a football game. And Pitt looked pretty good in their season opener against West Virginia. They looked pretty good. But this Tennessee offense, man, is ridiculous. And they just got better and better as the year went on last year. They're a very physical team, very fast team. And I just I think they're going to overwhelm Pitt. And to be honest, I think this team remembers that game from last year, and I think they're going to make it a point to make sure it does not come down to the wire. So I got Tennessee taking Pitt in this game, getting their revenge, 42-20. to 20. I like it. I like it. I think uh, with everything you said, man, I, I, I do see this being a high-scoring game on, on behalf of Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What you got for your third Saturday game? Last but not least, Boston College versus Virginia Tech. Both teams coming out with a loss. Both teams needing to earn a win, get their get their respect back up. I think Virginia Tech's going to come out with a chip on their shoulder. I think that defense is going to play. I've got Virginia Tech winning 27-17. Okay. Okay, I like it. I got the same game also. Once again, I guess great minds think alike. <laughs> Like I said, Boston College at Virginia Tech, 8 o'clock p.m., ACC Network. And where I'm at with this one here, man, is both schools had some struggles in week one, but the simple truth is Virginia Tech beat themselves. The penalties they had, the turnovers they had, you can't win football games like that. I think Brett Pryor is going to do some major cracking heads this week. Mm -hmm. And let's just be honest, man, it's going to be a lane stadium, 8 o'clock. Night games in Lane Stadium, people can say whatever they want. You play in Virginia Tech in a nighttime atmosphere, that is a tough, damn place to play. Oh, from the from the walk-in and everything, man. Once Inner Sandman hits, but we just – it's just unbelievable. I'm telling you, the whole town of Blacksburg is going to be rocking. 
And I think Brent Pry is going to get some satisfaction and get his first win of the season out of this one just simply because Boston College, you averaged 1.8 yards per carry in the rushing game last week. You had no rushing offense last year. You can't be one-dimensional against a good defensive team. And Virginia Tech is a very good defensive team. Oh, absolutely. You cut out the mental mistakes, everything else. I got Virginia Tech winning this one. I think it'll be a little closer than what you say. I think it'll be interesting. But I think Brent Pry gets his first win as a head coach, turns the page, builds momentum 24-21. I like it. I like it a lot. Let's flip it over to the SEC side of things. You want to go first this time? Nah, man, you got it going on. I'll let you handle it. All right. My very first game to watch is a 12 o'clock noon game on ESPN. And this ain't because I'm a South Carolina fan. It's because this is going to be one heck of a game. I got South Carolina and Arkansas. We don't know what to expect out of South Carolina. We really don't. I mean, from what we've watched, a lot of mental mistakes with South Carolina. Receivers and whatnot, not dropping the ball. You know, offensive linemen blowing blocks. Spencer Rattler can't really stay in the pocket long enough or holds on to the ball too long. So I don't know if that's going to be enough to fix in one week. As bad as I hate to say it, I got Arkansas winning 27-20. Okay. I got to agree with you. I got the same game. But it's in Fayetteville. That's going to be a tough place to play. South Carolina did have a lot of mental mistakes last week. Cost them on the offense. Had some blown assignments on defense. But, with all that being said, the scariest thing in football is the unknown. Yep. And I feel like there's a lot of unknown about South Carolina coming to this game. Right. You straighten up a couple of them little mental mistakes and you got to help a football team. You ain't wrong. And with Arkansas pulling off that victory in week one against Cincinnati, I feel like coming out, winning week one over a ranked opponent that was in the playoffs last year, I feel like they're going to have a little bit of a big head. They got some injuries on their secondary last week, some guys that are questionable for this week coming. Their quarterback also got injured last week, got roughed up a little bit. He should be playing this weekend, but – Still, is he going to be 100%? Right. With all that being said, I think South Carolina's going to shock a lot of people this week. And I feel like they're going to scrape past Arkansas. I'm going to say 28-24. Wow. I mean, I would love to see that happen. I really would. I just – I don't know what to expect. That's that's the thing that scares me, I guess. It's, I just feel like Arkansas is just a little bit better of a team this go around. I, I don't think there's a, I don't really feel like there's gonna be enough time to to get things right between now and Saturday. We'll see. Absolutely. We will see, man. Absolutely. Up next, I took a three thirty game. And Ben's already talked about this game, but I took the Tennessee pit game on this round. I think this is going to be a Tennessee game. I think that it is not even going to be close. I got Tennessee winning 54, pit 28. Okay. 
I like it. I like it. I don't know if they'll quite get 54. That pit defense front still looks pretty good. Tennessee does have a hell of an offense. So. We'll see. My 330 game in the SEC. I chose to Appalachian State going to College Station, Texas A&M. Comes on 330, ESPN2. And normally you say, well, this Texas A&M, they should, they should smack Appalachian State out the ballpark. They should clean them up, no problem. Mm-hmm. But the simple truth is Appalachian State thrives as an underdog for whatever reason. They play their best as a damn underdog, and they scare the living hell out of everybody they play. I mean, they're an upset machine. They really are. I don't know why the hell the SEC keeps playing these guys. I don't know why the ACC keeps playing them. Leave Appalachian State alone. Or bring them into the division, one or the other. Yeah, 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 because that's a scary team, man. I mean, the same team put up 61 points on North Carolina last week, which, I mean, in all fairness, who wouldn't have last week? But uh, <laughs> I just I think Appalachian State's a very physical team. They have a lot of grit behind them. Very tough. Don't stop. And I'm just, I'm not 100% sold on Texas A&M. I mean, last week you played an FCS school. Granted, they were a championship FCS school. Had a great record numerous years in a row. But the simple thing is, you're Texas A&M. You're supposed to be a school that is contending for the playoffs this year. Won't win the SEC championship. Won't win a natty. And you just, you didn't look all that great last week. There was no wow factor to me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. With that game. To me, with that game last week, of course you had the weather delay. It was like a four-and-a-half-hour delay or some crap like that. So it would be really easy to get your mind out of the game. But, I mean, look at what Mississippi State was able to do. Even though they only had a two-hour weather delay, they still dominated. Oh, absolutely, man. It's just uh. But, uh, yeah, just for for argument's sake, man, I do like Texas A&M. Uh, I do think that they are going to do some big things. I don't know if they're going to be quite as good as what we think they're going to be this year. You've got a lot of talent in the, uh, in the SEC West. App State's going to put on a heck of a show. They really are. But... Um, I mean, App State, I mean, they've got a good quarterback. They can put up points at any time. I just, uh, personally, for me alone, I think this is going to be a close game. I'm excited to hear what Ben's got. Yeah, I just, I got Texas A&M winning this one, but it's just Mike Elko leaving there. I feel like he left a hole in that defense. And there's just a lot of noise. There was a lot of noise in that program in the offseason, and, I got them winning, but it was not a very pretty win. I got them taking it 49 to 38. I can see that happening. I can see it being another high score game. Yes, sir. What you got for your third game of the evening? The third and final game for the SEC. It's going to be a 7 o'clock p.m. game on ESPN. Probably going to be ESPN's game of the week. Kentucky versus Florida. Florida, Billy Napier, dangerous, dangerous team. They can score on a dime. I mean, their quarterback, man, he's 
I think he's a future Heisman candidate. I just don't see this being their their year though with Kentucky. I think Kentucky's got good quarterbacks. They got some good receiver play, running backs. Even though their starters probably going to be down another game, they still got good backups. I got Kentucky winning this game in a close battle, thirty-four thirty. I'm going the opposite direction completely. Okay. I got the same game as you, man. Kentucky at Florida. I'm going to emphasize that. At Florida. At the Swamp. In the Swamp. A week after, they just took down a top five team in the country, I think it was. Okay. I know it was a top ten, at least top ten. I can't remember what the hell Utah was right. It shouldn't be right, period. But I agree. After taking down Utah. I got Florida, man. I, I just – Kentucky last week against Miami, Ohio, they gave up way too many big plays. That game was way closer than what score reflected. And to me, Kentucky's always been best when they had an identity. In recent years, their identity has always been a power run team that opens up the pass down field through the run. Last year, that's what they did. They ran the ball, had that star running back look great who's going to miss this game, unfortunately. But they didn't have an identity last week. And they had no rushing game. They didn't dominate the line of scrimmage like I thought they normally, like they always do. They did not do that for me. Defense didn't look as physical as it normally does. And you're going against a Florida team that's so dangerous because the simple fact of after everything that happened last year, you come out there with a brand new head coach and take down a team a lot of people predicted to go to the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. In week one, you give a team like that hope and let them believe in themselves and know that they can win big time football games. You got Anthony Richardson back there doing his thing, a great rushing attack. Billy Napier, great head coach who seems locked in. I mean, dude acts like he's got ice in his veins. You don't see him excited, laugh, nothing. Right. I got Florida for the second week in a row. Pulling off an upset. 35-17. Wow. You think it's going to be that far apart? I think Kentucky does not have an answer for Anthony Richardson. I don't think they have an answer for that Florida rushing attack. And I honestly feel like Kentucky's a little fool of themselves after last year. I feel like they got a big head. And those Gators are hungry. They're starving. I like it. I like it. I, I don't know, man. It's just I feel like Kentucky can pull it all together, come back out with a strong defense. I don't know. It's going to be a good game to watch, but I think it's going to be a pretty close game no matter what direction it goes. I don't think it's going to be that far apart. I just – I'd love to see it be closer, but I'll be honest, man. After what I've seen in week one, I could be wrong. But if Napier can t- keep this team focused and keep them winning, you always say your team gets better after week one. Yeah. They look damn good in week one. That's true. If you can keep your head on straight, you might have a dark horse for the East. You might, but the thing to remember is Utah ain't no Kentucky. Utah ain't no Kentucky, and Florida ain't no Miami of Ohio. True. 
Because I want you to remember, you're predicting them to win by the same score that they beat Miami of Ohio by. True. There. We'll see. Yep. We will see. That's why they play the game. That's right. But that's all we got for you on this episode, guys. Be sure to hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at First and Goal. You can always hit up Big Rob on Facebook, Rob Short. Mm-hmm. Hit me up, Ben Reeves, whatever. I'm always on the First and Goal page. Send us a message. We'd love to hear some of you guys score predictions on games this week. Yep. Yeah, I'm also on the Twitter, too. Hit me up on the Twitter, uh, Big Rob, and First and Goal. That's right. That's right. But Rob, you got anything you want to add on to this thing? No, man. I'm just I'm just ready for the weekend to get here again. I know that we just started the work week, but well, I'm ready to watch some more football. Three more days. Yes, sir. With all that being said, guys, you know the deal. Until next time, let's keep those drinks cold and let's keep those chains moving.